End of September means fall is here. It also means that your spring and summer garden is winding down and starting to come to an end. With that, there are a few garden duties that I do every fall to help prepare me for the spring and put the garden to bed. In today's episode, I'm going to talk about what you can do right now, end of September, beginning of October, to get a head start on next year's garden. So let's get started. You're listening to the Simple Living Made Simple podcast. My name is Stephanie, and I'm a wife, mother of three, and the creator of the blog, Winging It on the Homestead, where I help modern mothers incorporate simple living and self-sufficiency skills and knowledge into their busy lives. My goal is to help you refocus your life towards what really matters, your family, as well as boost your confidence so you can start being more self-reliant and decrease your dependence on stores and commercial products. Join me as I share with you my appreciation for creating a homemade and homegrown life through gardening, food preservation, cooking from scratch, making your own products, all while keeping it all practical, intentional, and realistic. Hello, I hope everyone is doing really great. Right now, at the recording of this episode, it is the end of September, beginning of October, so we are pretty much into fall. Summer is over. It definitely feels like fall outside. Um, So today I'm going to be talking about fall garden duties. So whether or not you do a fall garden, we did do a fall garden this year and we have for the last couple years, at least attempted to. So uh, as far as that goes, so we do have some beds being taken up by fall crops, but for the other beds and for the main majority of my garden, it is time to put it to bed uh, for the winter. So what does that mean? Uh, I'm going to be talking a little bit about that today. There are a couple things I like to do every fall to not only put an end to the season, to clean things up, but also help me get a head start on next season. So I'm just going to jump right into some of these. The first thing that I would do um, going into the fall season is to know what your first freeze date is. So your first freeze date is the first day or well, the first evening that you can expect to have freezing temperatures overnight. Um, so those are that's when the temperature gets low enough that it will kill any crop producing warm weather uh, vegetables. So you want to know when that first freeze date is so that you can make sure that you have any of your all of your tomatoes harvested anything else that's still going pretty strong your watermelons might still be producing right now um tomatoes and all those kinds of things so you want to make sure that anything that is not frost tolerant is out of the ground and harvested and that's your first freeze date and that's also what you would be using if you were trying to do some cooler weather crops that aren't as frost tolerant and you want to put them in the ground beforehand, maybe beginning of August or so, uh, so you can at least get a crop or two in before that first freeze date. So our first freeze date is typically mid-October, so um, it's typically when we can expect to see some freezing temps overnight. The next thing that I think you should do in the fall is to take notes uh, of your garden. And so I would do like a walkthrough, kind of take notes of where you had your plants, what went well, what failed, what you had issues with. If you had a pest problem or a disease problem, those are really great things to take note of. I always want to take great notes throughout the entire season, but I'm, I'm really awful at doing that. 
So at the very, very least, when you do a final garden walkthrough, when you start to put your, your plants to bed and everything, this is when you should take some notes uh, because you always think that you're going to remember for next year, but you won't. You know, you're not going to remember what happened with the tomatoes and why you had to uh, plant a new batch or how you, uh, ha what you did to get rid of the um, uh, aphids or the grub worms or potato beetles, all those kinds of things. So make sure that you are taking notes and if you're able to take pictures as well. Um, because like I said, there's going to be a couple months, several months before you get back to the garden. If you're putting it to sleep, uh, truly putting it to sleep for the winter. So you probably won't look at it again until maybe March, February or March of next year. And when you do that, you're going to want to jump right into planning and, um, organizing and structuring your, your garden for the year. So take some photos of where everything was, how everything looked. And that will get you off to a really great start for next year. So as far as physical duties, the third thing I would do would be to harvest any remaining fruits and vegetables. So once you have an idea of your first freeze date, you want to make sure that you're harvesting anything before that. So like I said before, that's any kind of uh, melons or uh, watermelons or cantaloupes or tomatoes. Those for me are some of the last things of the garden to keep lingering. Um, that I keep bringing in peppers maybe. So harvest any remaining fruits and vegetables that you have. Uh, so then also when you're going through and you're cleaning out your garden beds, take out any kind of dead plants and compost them. Uh, but make sure that you're not composting any plants that have disease. So if you had a mildew issue or you had some kind of fungus issue, don't compost those plants, you know, get rid of those in some other way. Take them to a different part of your your waste, you know, wherever you dump your, your, your invasive plants or anything like that, but don't put them in your actual compost because you're just going to fester that disease and you could bring it next year if you use the compost. But it is really important to remove the dead plants so they're not adding anything or taking away anything throughout the season, um, throughout the winter. And then the fourth thing I would do would be to consider planting a cover crop. Now, I'm not an expert in cover crops by any means. The idea of a cover crop is that it's something that holds your soil together and it also puts uh, nutrients and minerals back into the soil and keeps it all, um, just like kind of refurbishes it throughout the winter, it keeps it structurally sound so that when it comes springtime, you have a nice treated soil. So what I did one year, and I'll probably do it again this year, is I did a winter rye. So in all of the raised beds that we had, I threw winter, winter rye, just kind of broadcasted the seeds. And they grew really nicely, and I just kind of let it grow, and it looked like grass. The, so we just had this uh, big mass of grass, um, winter rye, in these uh, beds. And it worked really well to keep the soil intact, uh, to keep it from being washed away with the snow and the rain. And then come spring, what I did was we cut it down. We actually used the high grass. We just let it keep growing, but we used the high grass for like mulching. So there's a lot of different options you can do. And then another thing you can do uh, right now is to get your soil tested. Um, now that might be different if you do a cover crop and have, you know, that's gonna add or take away some nutrients 
depending on what you use through the winter. So your soil won't be the same um, you know, quality now versus in the spring. But if you're not planning on doing anything and you go, want to go ahead and get your soil tested, it's going to be a lot easier for you to do it now because laboratories are going to be a lot less backed up than they will be at the very beginning of spring when everyone's trying to test their garden. Um, in addition to that, um, it's just, a, it will get you off to a good head start because you'll be able to even start the season knowing what you need to add, what you need to amend into the soil. Um, it might even help you actually, if you can get it done now, will help you choose your cover crop. So if you are nutri nitrogen deficient, you might choose a, a cover crop that will put some nitrogen back into the soil over the winter. And then you may not have to treat it again in the spring. So that's a really great option as well. Um, I got my soil tested this past year and it took uh, a couple weeks, probably to a month. So you definitely want to get that started early. And if you can do it now, that gives you a really great head start. So those are just some of the really simple things that you can be doing right now to get started for spring. Um, because when we start like January is when I go, I start planning my spring my garden and then I'm full force and picking out seeds planting them starting them getting the garden ready getting you know it amended if necessary so if you can get anything started now in the fall as you're putting your garden to bed get you off to a really great start so I hope that was helpful and I will see you in the next episode thank you for listening to this episode of the simple living made simple podcast if you have not already signed up to grab my free ebook you can go to www.yourdreamgardenguide.com. This garden guide has everything you need to get started growing your own vegetable garden this year. As always, if you have any questions, want gardening advice, or have topic suggestions for the podcast, please email me at info at